Unite Wedding Photographers, and welcome to Wedding Photographers Unite, episode number 95. I'm one of your hosts, Andy Wushemi, the self-proclaimed professor of photographic pontifications. Wow. In good company with the chatty Kathy of the Hudson Valley, Mr. Jimmy Ferrara. Yo, yo, yo. Jimmy. I like that uh, intro, Andy. That was, that was uh, unexpected. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I took what you had suggested, and I combined it with, I think, what you suggested another time, and I, like, took them, and then I was like, okay, well, I'll take these two, and then I'll add it to my own thing, and there okay. you go. Now I, now I feel it like it, it was, uh, it, it is the self-proclaimed professor of photographic pontifications. Wow, that's a lot of peas there. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're missing Mr. Urban today. Yeah. I know, just last minute, so he it's said he a, couldn't make it. It's just me and you. I think he he sent that photo to us with the umbrella that got turned upside down, or inside out, rather. And I don't know about you, Andy, it's rainy, cold, crappy day today, and it's been kind of crappy past couple of days. So you're not that far from me, but you might be... It's not definitely... It's not sunny there, is oh, it? Oh, no. I mean, it's it's not good. Um, yeah. It's possible to shoot in. You just really wouldn't want to. You okay. Know? All right. I don't. Wanna, no way. I don't want to be shooting in this. Matter of no, fact, speaking of which, it's election day. I don't know if I'm going to leave to vote. <laughs> speaking of which, I um, I'm I'm like in my my off season now. Basically, I've got like one wedding in December coming up, and okay. but I'm in my off season, and and after this past weekend, I had a double then, and and now I'm I'm easing into a more kind of kind of relaxed vibe here, and I'm I'm excited about that. It's a good. Thing. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So uh, I am still we're both still busy, Natalie and I. We got a f- few more weddings. And then, you know, being that I have a portrait studio, I got like families with their holiday card stuff. And I do that. And then I do a fundraiser for a local PTO. Mm-hmm. So before you know it, it's like it's Christmas tomorrow for yeah. me. You know, so then I get and I get the wedding couples asking about albums, you know, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll get on it soon. But. You know what I need to do, and I keep forgetting to do this. I should add somewhere in my contract, and if listeners, if you had a good way to, to verbalize this or to at least write it out, uh, that album design um, is not necessarily not possible, but certainly on the way back burner between like May through October or even November, um, the winter months are the time for me to do it. So, you know, I don't know how to say that, like, and be polite about it, and not be like. Well, I don't say I can't do a wedding album during that time, but don't expect me to, to jump on it and get it done within a couple of weeks or yep. even a couple of months. I don't know. I don't know. If anyone's listening and has a, a suggestion, I'm all ears. Yeah. Um, I I actually put it on the front burner myself. Um, and I, I guess it's it's like everybody's got a different system and that might right. be, you know, sometimes, you know, that is something that eventually they're going to get anyway. And that's totally possible to do. But for me, I just, I actually, I, when I get those, when I finally get their album changes, when I get any of those revisions, I like to just get it out and over with. And I actually move that to the front before I even go on to the other stuff. Cause I want to get it out and over with and done. 
Right. But um, I under- I understand why you know why it, you know a photographer would want to put that on the back burner instead because it's not something that isn't it's it doesn't need to have that immediate response that like you would need you know to like prepare for somebody's wedding or you know go over shot list for somebody's wedding you know, that, that is a more immediate need but for me personally I don't I even put that before like editing because I want to get that honestly I want to get it I want to get it done I want to get it out so it it goes up I agree it's also nice so. to have to have that book out there while it's hot and fresh and then everyone's talking about it it could very well get you more work yeah i don't even know if it's that it's more like i just want to get it done and it's almost it's like these changes you know there's gonna be a lot of back and forth you know that goes on with Mm -hmm. the wedding book design and i have it pretty much to a minimum now because i use smart albums and it's oh me too you know it's, it's pretty quick you know um and i don't know if you use their online service that they have Yes, um, occasionally when the couple can't meet in studio. Yes, absolutely. It's yeah. great. So I use their online service, so I just like, you know, send them a draft and then they make changes, make comments on the photo. And uh I don't know. I that seems to work pretty quick and I almost kind of like when they when they get it to me, I'm like, "All right, I'm going to I'm going to get it right back to them." And now it's it's their problem again. <laughs> now, yeah. now it's their turn, you know what I mean? And and I feel like the more that I just kind of like put it right back on them, they're like, "Oh, this is it's kind of a pain." You know, like let's get these album changes over with so they give me that final approval and I can send it off. Um, you know, eventually, you know, it's, I want people to be happy with their books, but a lot of times the changes that that the couples make um, you know, we don't always know what they want and sometimes they like things that we don't and, and all that. And somebody posted recently, I think it was, um, uh, Chris, uh, Shul, so I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Yep. Um, but he's a know. local photographer in our area and, uh, he posted uh, something that, that I saw. It was like, uh, on wedding book changes, you have two choices. One is to, um, basically, make the layout terrible or choose a photo that's terrible which button do you want to press the other one other one hurts your soul (laughs) you know i thought that was (laughs) kind of funny it was you know whatever it was so um anyway that just kind of reminded me of that so yeah i'm actually in the middle that's a lot of what i was just doing before we got on this podcast is i was doing wedding book changes and updating all that so and you design on one computer screen Yes. Yeah. Everything is just on one computer screen on Smart Elms, and then I pull the images. You know, I have the full wedding, you know, imported into the Smart Elms, so I just you know drop, drop, drag and drop. Yeah. You know, my my everyone who comes and sees my studio, and they're like, it's like, oh my god, those monitors are great. I I have those old thirty inch Apple cinema HD displays. ones. Yeah, the cinema displays. Yes, mm-hmm. they're matte screen. Uh, they're not four K, but I love the matte screen, and mm-hmm. they take about a minute to warm up. No big deal. Um. And they're huge. It's 60 inches across of, of screen, and it's fantastic. It's great to multitask and do everything with. I'd rather have two small screens than one big one. But uh, but that computer's old, and I think my next step might just be to simply uh, swap out the solid-state drives with the – or the spinning drives to, with the solid-state and see where that gets me. That's, and a, then that's a huge in boost. Time, yeah, and then in time, maybe look at a, a Mac Pro when that sucker gets – <laughs> way less expensive even a used one right. and then just use those screens but uh because it because now that i'm pretty much fully lightroom i you know i was floating i was still using aperture for studio headshots or in studio work because i just knew it and it was it was looking fine mm. but everything's so slow now on that computer i gotta i gotta do something but uh that's an easy fix mm-hmm. no big deal uh, listeners, we have an assortment of handpicked information that's relevant to you. But first, just in case you forgot your place in space and time, this is Wedding Photographers Unite, a bi-weekly wedding photography podcast for wedding photographers 
by wedding photographers. I hey, ah, uh, we but, but that's Neil's line that you just saw. I know. <laughs> uh, the show goes live roughly every other week, and while we're at it, please do leave us a review in iTunes, subscribe in iTunes. And help us help you uh, by sending in questions to info at WeddingPhotographersUnite.com or connect with us on the Facebook group. Uh, just search for Wedding Photographers Unite, and we'd prefer to talk with you rather than at you. Jimmy, we're going to talk about camera straps and camera support yes. today. Oh, yeah. Oh, Getting yeah. down and dirty. All right. Getting down so, and dirty. I'll, and, over the years, I've done everything from the basic given strap that Nikon has, you know, and I, what I, the, what I liked about that was that it, you know, you wrap it around the camera, throw it in your bag, and it, it just takes up very little space. You can also wrap it around your hand as if you're like a singer in, on stage, and you know he had the microphone who was playing with the cord, and that kind of acts as like a, a hand grip in a sense with the, the original strap. What I hated about it is that when you shoot vertical, the strap would fall in your way over the viewfinder, so I, that didn't last long. And then Black Rapid came out. And um, I love that. And I had those many over the years. There was the original one with a padded strap. Then there was a thin one. I have a few kicking around. I've used those for years. And then Hold Fast enters the scene a few years ago, maybe four-ish years ago. And it becomes all the rage. And I ordered one a couple years ago. And when it came to the studio, I was amazed and surprised how big and heavy and bulky this thing was because I'm like, this is not going to even fit in my bag. I, I, I'd have to just put it on and wear it all day. Mm-hmm. And it was heavy. And I tried it and I hated the, 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 the carabiner, whatever that thing is. It's a weird looking thing. And I, I couldn't take, I couldn't release the camera with one hand. I had to like put the camera down, use like two hands or two, like I couldn't do it one handed for some reason, taking the camera off that carabiner. And I remember trying it on, thinking maybe, maybe, and then I didn't even use it. I just immediately returned it. I hated it. I'm like, this is not for me. But then I've recently I'm, I see people use it. I like the way it looks. It it's it's kind of cool. Uh, I like the idea of like wearing it and having it on. And I found someone that makes it overseas, and it's much smaller, much lighter, much less expensive. Like new, it's like seventy bucks, I think. And <clears throat> And also the strap that has the D-ring carabiner that connects to like the like suspender-looking mm. part mm. is much longer than a, a holdfast one. So, which to me says I, I can take this camera on either side, of course, and then bring it basically right over my head as high as I can reach. Mm. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not six feet, so I, I don't know my arms, but I can I can do that <laughs> and not have to take it off the strap to get yeah. really high up. Mm-hmm. Um, I found I've lately I've, I've had the other Sony that a seven I bought just kind of living on the other side and then okay, with the wide lens and using that occasionally that's kind of working kind of not but what I can also do with this new strap is I can take it throw it through my belt on one side and then either clip it to itself on the D ring that it connects with mm-hmm. or just do a loop through and it kind of gives pressure on that side that's not where the camera is and now it's Mm. It feels it feels great. So you use a Chinese whole, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a Chinese version of a whole pass with uh, with one camera, <laughs> and when it's assigned for two cameras, 
Um, correct. Uh, I, I might put my like on there. Isn't that crazy? Yes. I'm going to look up where, who made it's, it. It's a little crazy, but I hey, know. but is that, is that, so are you doing that like every wedding? You're pretty much. I've only had it a couple of weeks and so okay. far I've been using it. Yeah. Now that it's getting cold, I can't wear it over a jacket. Yeah. So dude, I think you need to, if you're going to use that system, I think yeah. you almost have to have two cameras. I mean, you, I know you can like fake it. I mean, with what you're doing, but I don't even see the point. You know, if you're going to do that, you know, well, um, my theory is this too. You know, I know this was, was been a topic on the thread and we'll get to Neil's situation. What he happened a couple weeks ago when he dropped that camera. But I look at it like this. If I'm not taking a picture, that camera is down either in the bag on a pew in a church or somewhere nearby where I don't need it. Like if I'm shooting group shots. Um, lately, if I have the time, I use a monopod just because it, it, it like it centers me and I try to, I stay much more level with it. Hmm. And, um, I find myself just taking the second or two just to frame it and then rapid fire. The end result is like, I don't have to rotate and crop at all. It's like, it's perfect. And just, and then taking, I did it with my D five and I did it like all past two years, maybe. And it was great. And even with the Sony, even though that thing weighs much less, it's it's more about just being like, here I am with this, and I can move in and out. And um, it's it's a it's just like I said, it just makes me focus a little better. So, and then you know you know you know how long it takes for people to rally up to get a group shot. And if if I didn't have the monopod, I would I would literally put the camera on the ground and stand over it and wait for people to go. I don't need to hold it. So for all the people out there, like. Yeah, all day long, my back's killing me. That's why I have the spider holster. Takes the weight off my shoulders and on, on my hips. I'm thinking, there's really no need to constantly wear the, a camera all day long. I'm, maybe they're putting it down here and there, but if like if I'm I'm not on the dance floor the entire time too shooting. There'd be I go in spurts and come back, and I'm not carrying the camera. The camera goes back in the bag. Camera's on the bag or on the floor, rather, or on a chair, and the camera's away if I'm not shooting it. I don't need to hold it. I don't need to take that weight and just have it on my body. It's kind of – it's it's silly to me. Hmm. What, what do, how do you work? Is that the I think differently. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I do want <laughs> – and that's okay. Um, but I, I do want both cameras on me all day for the most part, except – I mean, I actually just kind of realized after this past weekend I have a very – I've gotten into a very specific like set of like what cameras I'm using when and why. I will at the reception go take the hold fast off, but up until that point, I have the hold fast two camera bodies all day with various different lenses on, depending on what okay. I'm shooting. Um, but I do I want those cameras all day because something could happen, and I want to be able to quickly shoot whatever's happening. And sometimes yeah, things happen I pretty agree. quick. Like, it, you know, a lot of times you, as you know, there's so much downtime in the church waiting for something to happen. And if you've got a spot in a pew and the end of the aisle, you're just there. And maybe a little kid's doing something cute or someone's talking and you grab, like I said, it's, it's not like that kind of thing. A mile yeah. away from me. It's on my lap or it's on, it's right next to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, why do you take the hold fast off for a reception? So once I get to the reception, um, well, I've been, I've been, I've been having that crap on me all day, Jimmy. That's yeah, true. You know what I mean? I've had these cameras on me all day. It's time to, time to let loose. So, um, no, when, but, but honestly, that is part of it. But when I get to the reception, um, I start with two cameras, um, you know, through like, uh, first dances, but once it gets to like speeches and I've got some overall room shots, then I'm pretty much just a 70 to 200 or a long lens 
if and when my 135 comes back ever from Sigma as they're converting it over from the Nikon to the Sony mount. Oh, nice. Um, I would, you know, I like to shoot a long lens for, um, you know, for speeches so I can get, you know, reaction shots and close ups of the people speaking. And I do off camera lighting off to the side. Um, but, uh, you know, at that, and, and then, you know, after dinner, um, once dancing starts, I pretty much, I don't need to have two cameras cause there's, there's no reason for me to be shooting long for the most part when it's people dancing. Uh, at that point I'm either most of the time I've got a 20 millimeter on or I'll swap up to like a 50, um, for like dances when, when they're, you know, doing slow dances. But if, but if there's action stuff going on, I'm, I've pretty much got a wide angle glued to my lens, um, for the most part for all that stuff. That Um, makes sense. Yeah. So, um, I, I get worried at reception because, uh, you never know when you're going to get bumped and, and hit and. Just it, I've been punched by accident. I've been elbowed by accident. Um, <laughs> well, you were, you remember I mentioned that the, somebody knocked the camera out of my hand. The twenty mil. Yeah, yeah that's like, what I'm talking. Yeah, yeah and, see, that's what I'm afraid of. Right, but you know what that inspired me to do is to go on Amazon and get this. Like, talk. Okay, here we go. We're we're right in the pocket of our topic. Right, talking about camera straps. All right, so so I got this like little cheap, you know, twenty dollar leather camera strap that just is like attaches to your hand. Um, okay, you know, to the body. So. So at that point, I've been actually swapping to um, to just that you know that hand strap basically um, when I'm shooting the receptions on the one camera. So, so if it camera? gets knocked, hmm? does it live on the camera? Yeah. Oh, it does yeah, okay. yeah. For the reception, it yeah. doesn't. It doesn't live on the camera during the day. So I, oh, you, I take the whole fest off, gotcha. and then I, and then I've been the last few weddings anyway swapping over to that system. But it you know it, it, the only thing is is that the one that I got, I'm wanting to it's actually kind of a little bit harder than I'd like to, to, to put it on at the reception. So I've actually kind of not put it on all the time. I want to, I might want to look into another hand strap that, so that's actually a little bit nicer. That's easier to swap on and off. Um, but, but I have been doing it for the most part and it's made me a little more confident if, uh, that happens again, where you get bumped or something like that, especially with, yeah. you know, uh, there's, I had a couple crazy receptions recently, but nothing happened, but something could have, you know, um, yeah, so. um, I, I'll. This past weekend, I used. Uh, I had a, a jacket on because it was cold outside, so I put on. Uh, it was yesterday. I did a shoot um, around here, and so I didn't bring the whole fast because it it does work underneath like a blazer or a coat, and you can you can like pull it through um, underneath. But if you want to button the jacket up, you can't. It's, there's no room to for the camera. It's not going to work. So. And it's 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 not going to fit over a jacket. So then I used the um, I went back to the black wrapper. So I'm kind of floating between the two. But you're right. I mean, it is made for two cameras. Ideally, I find that clicking it, that going through my belt loop takes the weight and distributes it much better now. And even if the camera's off, it still feels fine. And then there's nothing really to pull on it because it only pulls on that belt yeah. loop or through the belt when the other camera's on. So the, here's the thing: the only reason that I shoot the hold fast. As opposed yep. to, I used to shoot the Black Rapids. I had a very similar thing too. Where I started with regular camera straps, went to the Black Rapid, like the R strap, the doubles. Yep. And then the only reason that I moved from the R straps to the Holdfast is because the Holdfast looks better. It has nothing to do with the Holdfast's better functionality than the R straps because it's not. Okay. Matter of fact, I think the R straps were functionally better than the whole vest, but the whole vest just looks damn better. Like it looks better. It, does. Like, it looks cool. I, I wear my leather boots. I got my leather belt. I got my whole fast and it all matches and it just looks dope. You know, I, um, I agree. And I so it's like, that's, that's, 
and it's not any like less functional, but it's not any better than the R straps were. I just I just think it looks way better. So um, so that's the reason why I've you know been using the Holdfast for the past few years. Uh, but if I was only shooting one camera body, I would probably just have like a dope leather single strap. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the two, you know what I mean? If you're, if you're a one yeah. camera body shooter, I wouldn't use that system because it, cause then you got these weird things flapping around and it's off balance off center. So, um, you know, but you know, I don't know I, if, but that, I, I don't know for me, I'm a two camera shooter. So, so that's maybe, uh, maybe next season if. Uh, I have it in the budget. I'll get a Sony A9. Yeah. And then use my A3 as the second body. Get rid of the, the uh, A7. I wouldn't need that. I wouldn't need three cameras. And um, and then there you go. Maybe a wide lives on that or, or a fixed 50 or yeah. 28 or 85, whatever. You know, and then... Life's good. The one has... Yeah. Life's... Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so close to picking up an A3 to complement the A7R3. Um, I don't need to, and that's that's the that's the thing with it. But I I want to, and in the sense that, um, I really do want to. Ha- you know, my images are more sharp with the Sony's. They just are more sharp all the time, shooting shallow. I've all, all the time. Yeah. Um, and my thing is, is like I'm like should, I just kind of like want to wait and see if they come out with like an A9 Mark II or something like that next year. Um, yeah, or I would, do I, I want to just so. go for an A an A three right now and then? But but the thing is, is why spend the two grand when I don't need to? I still want to live in my my Nikon world and Sony because at the reception I I just prefer the Nikon's. Uh, yeah, because they're they're easier to focus. I I the I think that three D autofocus on Nikon is there's nothing really better than it right now. Sony's is the Sony stuff is well the Sony stuff in the daylight with the you know the eye autofocus. I think that that kills it, right? But at right. night, um, I don't think there's anything better than that 3D autofocus. I agree. I know. Um, I, and what I've had to do, uh, my wife and I did a shoot uh, on my birthday, which was last month, and um, the couple was great. They gave me a little cupcake at the end of the night. It was it was so cute. <laughs> and uh, there was a it was like a bar restaurant place, and uh, that's what they wanted. It was a really really cool different wedding. It was so dark in there because. The DJ had maybe like a little spinny light stuff, but there was no spotlights. There was no ambient light. It was all like sconces and candles. Yeah, maybe some stuff above. I don't remember. Not much. And it was so dark. Even Natalie's D five had trouble focusing. You know, she the infrared thing was doing some weird stuff where she would see the infrared beam like in the photo, hmm. and she's like, "What? Why is this doing this?" I'm like, "I don't know. I don't know." Uh, I'm like, I, there's always a problem with these freaking Godoxes. I mean, they work. Sometimes they misfire. Sometimes they never misfire. It's like, I don't know what's going on with these things. So she just turned it off. And then at one point, I'm like, it's so dark in here. I had to take a little clippy flashlight I have, a little pen light. It's like a stick. And I clipped it on my belt, and I turned it on. And so at first, I'm thinking, oh, I should get something for the camera. But then when the camera points down, it's just pointing on the floor. So this is like on my belt. It was pointing out, and I didn't care because – I need to see. I need to do my job. And sometimes when there's a light on people dancing and doing stuff, they kind of play the camera better. So I did it for a cake cutting, and it was perfectly fine. My camera had no problem focusing because it just couldn't see. It was so dark in there. Nothing could – you can't see anything. Hmm. So uh, that worked really well, and I'm going to do that in the future. I did it since then. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's my tip of the day if I'm jumping to just the tip section <laughs> of the show. <laughs> 
Um, but anyway, you know, going back to the spider, have you ever used a spider holster? No, I haven't. I'm like kind of interested, but not really because I, I don't know. So I did I, the same thing with that with the false fat. I bought it, tried it on, didn't even leave the studio, and then returned it. Yeah, I didn't like it. It was too I, big. I suspect that that's what I would do. Although. Because I, I, I man, I'm gonna forget the name of this, and I was just about to look this up before the show, but I, I, I forget what it is. I'll try and put it in the show notes. That, um, and I don't know if I did in a previous episode put it in the show notes, um, where uh, I had forgotten the name of what this thing was. I ended up buying it. The, that can I explain what it is? This is an audio podcast. Yeah. Uh, the so you can put a lens on your belt. And the lens sits there on the side of your belt, and it just chills there, and you can swap it. And it's pretty awesome, and I'm glad I got it, and I kind of love it. Um, so that when I'm shooting my A7R 3 if I'm doing just my A7R 3 at the reception, um, uh, when it's earlier in the reception, uh, then I can just uh, you know swap the lens around, and, and you're kind of good to go. Oh, I did put yeah. it in here. I put it in here a couple episodes ago, this Peak Design Lens Capture Kit. Okay. Um. It was That's in. Right. I, I it's it in the show notes for episode ninety three. I'm glad I put that in there. See, I did what I was supposed to do. Yeah, um, yeah. Peak Design Capture Lens Kit. It's great. It's awesome. Love it. And except because of user error, uh, I dropped a lens with it uh, this past weekend. Uh, but it, it wasn't the system's fault. It was my fault. You're supposed to hear it click when when you put it in the side. Yeah. You got to listen for the click. I did not listen for the click, and because I didn't listen for the click, it fell to the ground like 10 minutes. What's, um, a, what lens? B, what kind of ground? Um, it was my 35 1.4 Sony. Um, oh, and, that's a big one. Yep, and an expensive one, and it hit the ground at on the reception dance floor. Um, but it actually took a good fall, um, and it, I mean, in, in the best way that it could have, where, where I think it like fell on the lens hood. And all is well. No, so there was no problem a with the wood lines. floor. Hmm? A wood floor? No, those you know those dance floors they put up in a typical reception. Um, oh, they're you know, like the, uh, yeah, the the box they, ones that the yeah they fit float. Together. Yeah, the floating. That's dance actually floor. probably good for you because it has a lot of give. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly Rubber what I was thinking it, when yeah, it happened. Yeah. Um, so I got lucky. Got uh, that on marble. Woo. That system is amazing, though. You just have to really be careful to make sure that you hear it okay. click. But once it's in there, it's not going anywhere, and it's really great to be able to swap it around and all that. Yeah, know? I was thinking about another company. I saw it on like Kickstarter did the same thing, and it um, might have been these guys when they first did it. it. Maybe, yeah. maybe, and uh, it looked great. I, I I wouldn't put a well. I don't even own a seventy two hundred now for my Sony, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put, put that on there. Really on heavy either. Either. No, no. Just, I, it's not. It's not really. I mean, you can do that. I don't. I wouldn't suggest it. Um, cause it's just belt. Yeah, swinging around. It's more, you know, like for between an, I put do an 85 and a 35 is what I am okay. swapping with that. And it, it's great. It works perfect for that. It just sits there and I don't have to have the bag because what inspired me to get that is when we were having that, that episode where you were talking about, uh, that small little bag. The yeah. only reason I would want that small little bag is for one lens. So, um, I figured, okay, you know, that's that, that does it for me. So, yeah, um, I, I'm still in this, I, I bought that Domkey bag, I have two of them, the little black one I talked about and then the bigger one that holds three lenses. And what I don't like about that, the bigger one, even though it's a good size, it's, it's a little tight with the zoom lenses mm-hmm. and it's got like a, a lot of metal on it and it's, it makes a lot of noise. It's like 
metal clip D ring and metal clippy thing. It's like it, I just I'd rather have this a strap go right to the bag itself. So I bought this Peak Design one. Uh, it was way too big for me. I ended up uh, kind of bartering with uh, someone for he's shooting something for me, so I gave it to him. And he he needed a new bag anyway, so it worked out fine. But uh, I bought one from some company, some. Chinese uh, Chinese thing. I don't know. It's it might be coming today. I don't know what. I don't know. It looked like the dimensions look just right. Mm. Like it's small. It's p- padded inside. It's mm-hmm. thin and lightweight. And I don't. And it should be just fine. I, I'll let you guys know. All right. But uh, I should use that black one I bought more. That other one that holds two lenses or one lens because it's it's perfect. Yeah. You know, I, I, the idea of like where you said you don't click it in the lens in you, there and yes. it could take a spill. Yes. You know. That's that's the the thing with it. Um, yeah. but if you, if you're that, using it the right way, then it's, it's not a problem. So and it cl- just clips onto your belt, right? Yeah. It's, it's really great. It's super, it's amazing. And you pull it and you can sw- like turn it upside down and you press the red button and pull it out. And like, it's all, it's designed so well. Um, you just really have to listen to that click. That's all. What side do you put it on? I put it on my right side. All right. Cause you know that now, cause Sony does this drive you nuts when you go switch a lens from a Nikon to a Sony because it's polar opposite? I got used to it. Yeah, right. I yeah. I, I pick up a Nikon. I'm like, oh my god, that's not that's the preview button because it actually makes far sense now with Sony that you can hold the camera with your right hand, press a button, change the lens with your left hand, and go back to shooting again. Nikon seems like you got to put the camera in your other hand, hit the button, and then change the lens. Yeah, there's there's some you know things I mean? with with Sony that. Uh... Did did I mention the card slot thing with that seven R three, slot one, slot you, two, like how it, it's when you look at the menu it's reversed. Yeah, I know. Is that the dumbest thing? It, did did I mention that on the podcast? Or did I, you just I did know? too a while ago. Yeah. You might have. Yeah. Well, it's, it drives it, me nuts. It, it is. I've never seen a camera manufacturer do that unless it's the dumbest thing. It is the stupidest Explain. thing because listeners, what I'm talking about is when you look at the that the Sony cameras, the the mirrorless cameras. Physically, slot one is lower, I think. Yes. Slot one is is lower towards the bottom of the camera. Slot two is higher towards the top of the camera. Which is fine. It's irrelevant. Which is fine, whatever, who cares? But when you look at the menu, um, when you look at the menu system, slot one is higher, slot two is lower, like on the actual screen. So when you're looking at the LCD screen, it's reversed from what it actually is. I've never seen a camera do that before. And I've... You know, I've had to catch myself when I first got this camera. I think I almost, you know, deleted the wrong card, you know, on a, on a number of occasions because of that. I'm used to slot one being up top or on Canon. It's like that on Nikon. It's like that. And on anything that I've shot with professionally, they at least correspond, at least to my memory. I've never seen exactly. it not correspond to that. That's a huge oversight. You know, and you as have far the as older camera. They didn't even fix it with the newer camera. With a seven three. Yeah. No, it's yeah. same thing. Yeah, so that that's... Is, that that really that bugs the shit out of me so much. And mm-hmm. then the other thing that bugs me with Sony, uh, in a design sense, is if you go into like the uh, the white balance Kelvin scale, for example, you go into that and you dial it down. Well, down is clockwise, and up mm. is the other way around. And and it, that that same thing falls true with something else, and I forget what it is now. So when you go from like say 5,000 Kelvin, you want to go down to 3,200 or whatever. You have to go clockwise. Hmm. Now, that's not dialing down. That That's cranking up. That's 
going up. In my my brain thinks up. Yeah. When you, I wonder. The one thing that is nice about these the Sony's too is is that so much is customizable and so much can be changed. So many of those buttons can be changed and you know manipulated. Maybe there's some setting buried in there. (laughs) Who knows? I don't think so. And that's not one two thing. It's just I I got used to it, and it's just yeah. Well, well, not for that. That I would be shocked if there was a setting for that. But I'm saying for maybe for that other thing there there could be. But who knows? Because I was just uh, talking to my one buddy who has the the A seven R three as well, and uh, he was kind of confused about uh, doing user custom settings. Uh, Do you do custom settings, custom functions on the Um, like? I have the one and two. You mean that or? That one, two, that. well, there's one, two, and three. Oh, I don't know how, if there's, on the A7R3, there's three settings. I don't know. There might be just two. Oh, I know. I wish there was. There's only two on mine. Okay. So there's um, so there's these three settings in the A7R3 up top of the menu, but then you can put, choose like multiple within each one. So you go to setting three, and then there's like three settings you can do but within that. Or setting, it's, it's, yeah, there's I, like I think a, there's someone like says t- that that records to the card. Yeah, and that's super confusing. Like because it because those yeah exactly because they record the actual like what the settings are to the SD card. Super strange. Super super weird. Yeah, I don't get that at all. Use that. However, it turns out there's another way to pull up like 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 settings on a on a whim. So and what I mean is is there it's I heard a photographer describe it as like the oh shit. Um, moment like where you really need to be at like a setting that you know is um, that can just take a photo if you really needed to you can sure. pull down like C3 or C2 or any other button for that matter right. that you, can, that you can program and it just it'll re- it'll remember the settings that you're at you hold the button it goes into that mode or whatever and then uh, and then you're good to go on that shot so I forget I, I'll try and find the, the to link that up in the show notes too but there, it's a secondary way to not using the top turny button with the one right. two three but just to uh, hit a button and then go to go to your like oh crap sentence so, yeah I, I did that with the uh i think which the is three nice. button i i used to have it do that but i i traded that out i used to have that be playback i traded out now i have that as like a crop feature i know i can do it later in camera or in post of course the, just to punch into aps sometimes i'll just do it now why not it'll crops me it punches me in a little bit and then my other setting, my one or one or two is for um, high speed uh, shutter, like you know, single shot or high speed. And then the other one is for face detection because I use I go back and forth to that a lot. And the other one is silent shooting. Yeah. Uh, so I have those four like that. And then the good thing about the the Sony A3 is that uh, that dial from like manual aperture, all that setting, just clicks. You don't have to press a little button to release it to click. Yours, you do right. You got to. Hold the center button because yes. it, it locks it. Yeah, it's so it's so nice just to turn it. You just mm-hmm. you can turn it and see where you are. Um, I like that feature a lot. That uh, you don't have to because I if, in a pinch I'm just going to program. If if whatever's happening, I'm like oh my god, we're running outside. I didn't expect this. I'm all set for church inter- interior whatever. I'll just go up, whatever. Just program. Yeah. Here you go. Go. Um, just to kind of this is more of a caver- conversational podcast today, which is the two. Yeah, right. So we're just going to kind of keep flowing here. Uh, sure. You mentioned you recently shot a, a commercial shoot with the Sony, and you were like yes. kind of like positive and negative on that. So how did that go? What's up with that? Okay, so uh, if listeners, I, I also do uh, headshots. I'm actually I developed a certain style that became like a little popular for a bit, then kind of went away. I'm no Peter Hurley, I admit. But I have a very signature style that I talk about um, on a national level sometimes. 
and another photographer I know kind of picked it up and put it in his book. And it's like, um, it's just how I shoot in studio. So I, tr- I can't mimic that on location, but what I've done lately is, uh, I stopped using speed lights on for location headshots. I just don't like it. I, it, it, the consistency is, is okay, but the lack of a model light, I don't like, I still have to set up a light. I don't, I'm always going to have power in these locations always. So I don't need to, uh, not be, you know, be free of, of the outlet and the, the flashes that I have, they just don't pop like the bare bulb I have for my Dynalite system. I, I, I'm not using Profoto. I'm not using anything high end. Dynalite is very affordable. Um, they're made right here in, in the U.S., right in Jersey, even. So it's it, the turnaround is, is fast if you need it fixed. I love Dynalite. I have old packs. They're not new at all, and they work perfectly fine. So I decided to bring that with me, and then and I I've done that lately, past well, eight months or give or take. But anyway, so. I decided this time around, hey, let me use the Sony because it has the eye focus. And I can use the eye focus and then not reframe. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I kind of like to shoot around a four, maybe even lower if I can because the backdrop that I have is not super big. So there's a, I'm limited to the compression where if I'm at like a 135, let's say, um, or a 200 or uh, give or take around that, that number for like a waist up shot, shooting headshots, you know, ver- going vertical – I can't throw that backdrop 20 feet away because I'm going to see outside of it. Mm. I need to have it a certain distance from the subject. Yeah, in order to and compress the image. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, and I tried using the, the 70 to 200 with the converter that I still have. I'm selling, but that didn't work. The Nikon lens just didn't work well. So I ditched that, went to the Sony one. And I didn't quite go in. My It only goes into 105. I don't have a 135 yet. So um, it was okay. Uh, I made it work. But... I liked that it that it just focused on an eye, and I was just shooting and shooting, and I reframed a little here and there. But I still do miss the the pop of the the, the quickness of the Nikon shutter, and then just the the thing the the flash popping, and I can talk to my subject better, and wait, I'm, I'm, I can glance at the screen. So wait, what did I miss? What what did you not like about the Sony on on okay. set? It's it's what you deal with and I deal with now at receptions is the ongoing debate about shooting uh with off camera light or strobe with a mirrorless camera because either your auto review is on or it's off and then to, to check what you're doing to make sure these flashes are popping especially off camera ones you want to check you want to check you know if you get shadows if they went off or right if it's too hot whatever the case is so i and so please sony please make an option enough an, an upgrade to make it like one second or half second auto review i don't need two seconds you know how much you're missing in two seconds you're missing a toast in the air you're missing a hug or a kiss you're missing a lot wait but seconds. i'm still i'm mentally on set with you okay. doing corporate headshots in corporate headshots well, on location thing. right you, yeah i'm still seeing the image uh, as i shoot because i kind of want to make sure i'm getting it and okay. everything's right but just that that two seconds lag or you, you pop it then you gotta hit the button again it's just it's a lot of button pressing i miss the let's just let me just shoot and let the screen play back the image not through the viewfinder that's not going to work. Oh, why can't you do that? Mirrorless. Because if I have it on auto review, it's going to I'm going to see it through the viewfinder. It's either yeah, on or off. Wait, you're, are you telling me you take a shot on this shoot and then you right, want to look at look at it on the back of your screen, right? I would I I miss what Nikon what DSLR is where you you just you're looking through glass and as many times as you pop that shutter, you're not seeing the image until you look at the screen. 
when you're looking through an EVF, you're if you if you have auto review on, it's going to interrupt your oh, live take view. Take auto review off. I know, but I need to. I kind of need to see as I go <laughs> and then all the time. And then Someone, it's like you got a DSLR. You don't need to do that any more than you would with a DSLR. No, I, 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 when when there's strobes going on, I like to just do a quick glance just to make sure. Yeah, but you, granted, if something's going on, yeah, but I, I what, what, what did you do on your Nikon? You you take a shot and then you you press play on I the back of the camera and take a look and see no, if you no, like it and keep shooting, right? Yeah, but I I have auto review on. It's just always on on the on Nikon. the Nikon too. Yeah, yeah. I just I just glance down. I just look down really quick to make sure. Oh, I see what you're fired. saying. I guess yeah. I, because I I've never really used that. I I was a little confused. So on a on okay. a Nikon DSLR, you can if you leave auto review on and you're shooting, you shoot 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 whenever you want to and look at the back of the screen and just glance and, and you can see what's really, going just on. Just glance okay. really quick and don't have to so, play. You know? Okay, and yeah. but on the and Sony, also, you can't do that because right. it needs it to be able to see through the viewfinder. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I was just a little confused there because I've never used auto review before. So oh, you you um, would just play back when you need to. I would just play back when I wanted to, even on the Nikon's, gotcha. and then just keep All shooting. Right. So. Yeah, it's also hitting playback on the Sony is not nearly as fast as True. Uh, my Nikon. So True. Yep. I, I would love to see, you know, I'd love to see a picture in picture. That'd be kind of cool. That's that's a firmware upgrade. Like yeah. your review and, and probably is twice right the processing power. Dude, do you do you like look and see like the amount of data that these cameras, that these that these mirrorless cameras like are like that's why these the processors in here are like enough that they were like faster than laptops like a few years ago because they're they're just processing insane amounts of data insane amounts of data like per second like when if you've ever looked at some of those um, videos of like how these mirrorless cameras work and what's happening and the amount of data that actually gets pushed through them in order for us to instantaneously review these things on the back of the screen and then I complain yeah. that it's not fast enough is crazy. I mean, they're it's recording just, two raw files, you know, if you have yeah, but, but even when you're not cards. even recording, it's just the amount of data that's just, that's just getting shoved through these processors because anything that we see on that screen is like going through, you know, um, you know, tons. There's so much going on that, that it's yeah. that it's almost impossible to even comprehend. But watch one of these videos and it'll it'll kind of show you. Right. I don't know if I, I mean, even iPhone amazes me still. It's like, oh yeah, it's so thin. And what this thing does, it's yeah, ridiculous. It's the technology is insane now. I'm 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 happy to live in the time that we live in. This just I guess you could say that about any time, but at least within the past few hundred years. You want to get like philosophical for a second, since this is a conversational podcast. Um, if you've ever listened to like uh, that. Uh, you know, just the idea that human beings have been around for however long we've been around for, you know, for not that long in the history of the planet Earth. Oh, no, of course not. And really, when you look at it, everything has happened just like within the last like few hundred years, like the exponential growth of technology, technology um, that that's happened um, recently. It's crazy. It's it's absolutely insane. And it's like it's it's like everything has happened. Like if you look at um Neil deGrasse Tyson, I don't know if you know who that is, but he's I like, love that man. I yeah, listen to his podcast all the time. Just amazing. Yeah. And and but he and Carl Sagan, if you if you go down um, you know, where where a lot of those um the, the scientific communication part of it came from, um, you know, if you look at like a map or not a map, but if you look at a calendar from you know, for like a year calendar from January to December, right? right. And and that's the history of the Earth. Um, and January is like when the Earth was formed. And December 31st is today. It's literally like all everything that happened 
everything that happened happened on yep. December 31st as far as like tech, you know our technological growth and it's just insane even if you it's look at like past, like I think a few seconds mankind was just like the past 3 seconds in that time clock yeah, right? was that basically? Basically, yeah, it's it's like it's a awesome. matter of like minutes or whatever it is. You know, towards yeah. the end of the night, it's twelve fifty nine. That's Cosmos, the new, the new series Cosmos. If anyone's listening, yes, to this, or yeah, pick, you, wants to listen, exactly. Yeah, Carl Sagan, yeah. and then and and Neil deGrasse Tyson had since. You know, done, I, lo- done I love that. I watched it, it twice at least. The, the whole series, the mm. the the uh, his Cosmos. I love that whole series. It's yeah. fantastic. So I love that stuff. I'm so nerdy. What I I don't know if you play HQ, that app that everyone's not playing anymore. <laughs> but um, whenever a science question came on or a universe question, I never got it wrong. And then all my friends are like, Jimmy, what is it? I'm like, oh, it's a Alpha Centauri or whatever. You know, I'm like, I I always get that right. I'm such yeah. a nerd like that. Yeah, me too. I, I think a lot of photographers, maybe not a lot, but uh, about half the photographers I meet tend to be like you and I that are you know very interested in in the philo- philosophy and the. You know, because we're a lot of type A personalities that like to, you know, understand how things work and get things done in a certain methodical way, um, that right. t- it tends to be a little bit more, um, you know, uh, you know, science based, I guess. But well, I mean, I always say this whenever I teach a class or do anything, I'm like, you got to now and then I teach like a workshop in my studio for like amateurs in the area where people just want to get to know the camera better. And first thing I say is you have to know your camera in your hand. I don't, whatever it is, don't be like, what is this sending me? What's this sending me? Like you need to know what your camera does. Sometimes some things might be meant for sports or other things. Cause that D five has like so much and your seven fifty is the same menu. I believe those that's got a lot in there. And a lot of it is like, I know that doesn't apply to me. So I don't need, necessarily need to know what this does, but I know I'm not going to implement it. Then how I shoot. But what, yeah, when I get a new camera, I'm I'm buried deep in that thing. Every menu setting. In fact, uh, Natalie had an issue a couple weeks ago. She called me up. She's like, "I'm getting um, I'm getting these stripes on my camera." She's shooting a D5, and she was with, with Kathleen that day. So I'm like, "Okay, uh, A, B, and C. This and that. This go through this stuff." I said, um, "Have have uh, Kathleen shoot the same thing, and she's getting the same thing." I'm like, "You guys are underneath some kind of LED lights. You're getting that strobe." you know the thing i had mm-hmm. but not quite as as much but enough mm-hmm. i'm like you got to go slow shutter and she's like okay and that solved it but she was going through the menu i'm like try this menu page try this page i'm not even i don't even have the camera with me i know that camera so well like i knew where to go to kind of walk her through uh, to troubleshoot it yeah. and you got to do that man anyone listening make sure you know your camera don't just go out there and go oh look at me i can shoot <laughs> don't do it you're going to kill yourself when there's a problem you're not going to know how to fix it yeah and there, it could be the easiest thing yeah, but there's the a lot of photographers, um, you know, just I'm kind of going down this just a little bit further here, um, where we have to have a balance between the technical and the emotional sides of things in terms of especially as wedding photographers. Right. Like um, there's the technical side of our craft, but then there's that emotional side or, you know, bringing people in our personalities and how we can help people relax and be themselves. Some people have one or the artistic side more than the technical side or the technical side more than the artistic side. And the challenge is, is most of us maybe start on one side more than the other. And then, but the challenge is how can we combine both sides of, of, of that? And I think those of us that are able to take maybe the side that we're weaker on and work on that, um, whether it's artistic or technical, um, when we can kind of combine and, and meet somewhere in the middle, I think that that's, those are the healthiest wedding photographers out there that yes, get a lot of work and all that when yeah. you got, you have, cause you, cause you need both. But, um, 
you know, different people are, you know, start on different sides of that coin, I think. And, and those of us that do well, I think, uh, you know, understand that and address the side that maybe needs, you know, the, you know, a little more work than the other. If that makes any sense. I know. It, but being a wedding photographer, like uh, some some photographer I talked to years ago, when I went to his uh, workshop and he's like, he would take other jobs in the beginning because he was a wedding photographer for so long. He's like, look, I was a wedding photographer. I can handle anything. And for me, my background was in motion picture world. I worked as a camera assistant for 15 years and working with SNL and the film unit was a an extreme uh tough day like quick we had so little time with the host on set and it was like run and go and we're shooting film motion picture films a lot of gear and that really kicked my butt so for me doing weddings is cake because i was under such pressure on on those Mm -hmm. jobs Mm -hmm. so but you got to be on your toes you got to understand like you know sometimes you go to a situation you got to know how to handle it too not even before you even take a picture um for example i had a shoot here at west point a couple weeks ago uh an engagement shoot and at Trophy Point in West Point is a very popular location. And Natalie was off shooting a wedding with a friend of ours. And she was going to uh, – I was going to meet her there because she forgot a battery. So I'm like, oh, I'll just see you later. I'll meet you there. Okay, cool. So I got there early. The wind had to be 50-plus mile-an-hour gusts, mm. and it was freezing. And it was – you could not – no way could I shoot a couple there, let alone a bride and a groom and – or women with dresses and hair. No way. I texted her. I'm like, there's no way. No way you're shooting here at Trophy Point. You're, it's ridiculously windy. So I said to the couple, I'm like, all right, we got to go somewhere else. We'll, we'll, I did like two shots, and we went, and he knew post well, and I kind of know it well. So we just went around different locations. But I'm not going to be like – I had to make that decision and be like, look, this is just flat out not going to work no matter what. It's not bright sun. It's not just situations you didn't expect. That you can frame out, it's it's wind that you just cannot escape. Yeah. And I was I wasn't gonna be like, oh, we'll do do it here and then deal with the hair. And then she's like, you know, I know you said it was windy, but th- this is horrible. I didn't want to even deal with that, so we just left. Yeah, I think that's one thing. Um, you know, when I was a newer photographer, that I didn't really understand how much wind impacted, you know, photos. Um, I think like, you know, rain is the thing that everybody knows, right? It's like, like if a couple wants bright, sunny wedding photos and um, it's going to be a rainy day, then that seems to be like, you know, like, oh, well, we'll reschedule. But what I didn't realize is how much wind really affects that and how much women do not like hair blowing around for the most part, right? Um, And that's something else that that like when you look at that that forecast that you never trust until the day of because it's always nonsense until it's the day of or the day before Um, when you're looking at that forecast, uh, you should take a look at the the wind, the miles per hour and anything over like, I don't know, 12, like once it's like 15, then you really have to be, I think, concerned about (laughs) what's going to be happening. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's not only that. Luckily for what we do for weddings is. You know, if it's freezing outside, um, luckily we're not going to be stuck out there all day like I would be on a film set. You know, like we're shooting outside. This is it. Dress warm, people. Right. Um, we're not, we're not going to be out there with the bride and groom or or certainly not with family or a bridal party for that long. We can always go out, do a little bit, and come back in and get warm. So I, I'm so grateful that I'm not in that world where no matter what the weather is, we're shooting outside and we're it's horrible, horrible conditions. Luckily, we're gonna. it, it might be hot. But even on a hot day, you know, the bride's not going to be want to be out there in 100-degree heat for that long. you got to go out there, be quick, come back in, cool off, whatever the case is. 
so uh yeah you got to speak up yeah you know don't be don't be afraid to know to say something when you know it's just not going to work yeah or um know your clients because yeah. you take everything with a grain of salt because some couples really like that windy rainy look and everything's dramatic and and you can play with that you, that can be an incredible look as long as you have the right couple that really wants that look or maybe that's your style and you want to show that style and let's let our hair blow and and you know be dramatic in the way that we're shooting so it, but it but it really you have to know your couple and know what they are looking for or have it be within your style that that's okay but but you know depending on you know your couple you're not always going to get that kind of couple unless you a lot of those photographers specifically market themselves to that type in order to get that kind of couple um but that's that's a hard game to play, um, and you're gonna really have to be true to it in order to get those kinds of clients on a consistent basis. If that's if that's what you're interested in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a couple. I've got a tip of the day, and okay. um, and I don't know if you do or not, or um, but you already kind of did before. But I did before, uh, yeah. Okay, so I've got a tip of the day. So my tip of the day. Is and I might have mentioned a version of this a while ago, but I mentioned the like the program name and said that there was other stuff that you could use. But here's the point: uh, my tip of the day is Auto Text Expander, and it's a plugin for Chrome. Um, if you know for the for the brow- web browser Chrome, so it works. on, you know, you're on Mac, you're on PC, you're on any kind of browser. You know, I use Chrome. I think most most people use Chrome. I think like eighty percent of the population uses Chrome now, or something like that. But um, it's a plugin for Chrome. It's called Auto Text Expander. I used to use Text Expander on Mac, um, but because I'm kind of living a little bit more in the PC world since that Surface Book Pro, and I want things to go back and forth, I've been looking into a lot of solutions that um, that work on both systems. And Auto Text Expander does. And uh, you, so you get the plugin, you you download it, you know, you you throw it into your Chrome, you know, browser. And uh, once you have it in there, uh, you just kind of go into the settings and then you can copy and paste. And anytime that you're in Chrome and you pull, um, so like, for example, when I'm looking through what I have right now, um, whenever I put um, like the shortcut band ref, B-A-N-D-R-E-F, if you type that in my Chrome browser, then it says, you know, it pulls up the whole thing. Hey, you know, whatever, you know, that I've wrote before to a previous client. Um, you know, if you're looking for a band, here's some bands to check out. Here's some websites, blah, blah, blah. Here they are. Um, feel free to let me know if you, you know, whatever. Right. So, but I don't want to be typing the same thing again and again and again to clients. Right. So this auto text expander, you just type in your shortcut and then it'll pull up that past information and it saves you tons of time when you're dealing with new clients, new emails, new inquiries, or depending on where you're at, like when you're sending out a wedding book, when you come back from a wedding, I have a new one now that when I send out my sneak peeks that I've been telling you, I've been emailing people. Um, I've got a little, you know, copy and paste text that, that works there, but you don't have to copy and paste. You just pull right in your, your little shortcut. It comes right up. It saves you tons of time when you're going back and forth with clients on typical emails that you're writing again and again and again. Anyway, you should be using cool. the shortcuts, but that auto text expander works in Chrome on whatever browser you're in. Um, and it's kind of cool that it just works across and it's free too. So there you go. Cool. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I work in Safari still. It just, I got so much like, you know, uh, folders and stuff and I like it. Um, I use Chrome occasionally when I have to, but I'm mm. not a big Chrome fan. Okay. Well, you can use That's your Chrome and your Aperture cool. 
yeah, on, yeah. Your, no, no, no. on your 1997 <laughs> MacBook. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm playing with I you, know. man. I'm playing with you. Um, so yeah, I think uh, unless you got anything else, I think that might wrap wrap things up on this conversational yeah. podcast. I, wanna, for I was hoping Neil will chime in next week about exactly what happened when he when his camera and lens fell with the spider holster. Was it just a simple he missed it, um, or did something come apart, or someone bumped into him and it, it fell? I don't yeah. know because going back to the strap issue, hey, you know that hand thing is a good. Uh, idea and it's been around of course for a long time because as someone bumps into you it's at least connected to your body somehow yes it's, yeah. you know what i mean yeah it's, it's probably hard to get that thing out of your hand yeah. but you, you, you want it tight that's the idea of it mm-hmm. uh but you know unless that thing's connected to your body somehow uh, the spider holster I, I i've seen people with those things in studio sometimes and they just clip it on and they take it on shoot it off I'm like what do you, I, don't, I don't get it just put just put it down somewhere and then do your thing and get back but fine to each your own <laughs> but i'm interested to hear what happened um mr jimmy ferrara yes uh, n- uh, by the way um one thing that we're going to be doing on the podcast coming up is we'll probably we'll probably get into our yearly what we've been doing and and pretty much every year for the past couple years now um just doing uh reviews on 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 listener images so we'll maybe come up with uh we'll let you guys know about that soon about how to submit images for that and uh but one thing we're going to add this year is we're going to look at each other's websites and kind of um critique each other's websites which i'm looking forward to because i have a lot of updates to do on, on my website and pulling images in and pulling images out um and i'm kind of excited for us to to do that with each other on the show and we're going to take each each one of our websites you know per episode and um and kind of review each other and then maybe um you know end up hating each other after we um you know <laughs> talk about each other's work <laughs> there we go well are you going to do the updates before we get to yours or after are no wanna i want to i want to hear what you guys have to say before i before I do my updates, because okay. if I if I do my updates and then you don't like them or I or I miss something, then I'm going to go back to the drawing board. So Good I'm not going to update my site until we do that um, with each other because I want to get feedback because I think it's important to get feedback from our peers once in a while. Right. And I think and it's good to do it on the show too because our listeners can be learning something as we do that. So, so maybe we'll start with you and because uh, I'm totally this I'm totally up to date on my site. There's nothing I need to. Do or change yeah. or until until up. Neil and I go that's through your website. Point. That's a good point. And then Never we tell mind. you all the things you got to be changing. You know, good point. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. And we got to be brutally yeah. honest. You know. Yeah. Not like yeah, and, that photo sucks. But like you know, uh, this is too big. It's too much of that. Not enough here. I think yes. you should do this. Well, we yeah. don't learn anything if we don't. You know, yeah, if we don't critique and then and then and you know and, and yeah, take things in stride as well. So so you'll see how well we do that. And if the podcast is still going by the time that we get to listener re- images, then you know we made it through. We did okay. Right. Um, <laughs> Maybe we can right. start with that first before the, the reviews. Yeah, I think we should. Reviews. I think we should yeah. do we should do that first um, and then go into those so that listeners can hear, you know, how we're at, you know, reviewing and talking about each other's work as well. So, um, all right. So, Jimmy, where can yes. people find you? Uh, jamesferrara.com and the social stuff is at jferrarafoto and my name is Andy Buscemi the last you know I say that really fast when I do this on this podcast Andy Buscemi let me, let me slow that down and my name is Andy Buscemi 
The last name is B-U-S-C-E-M-I. You can follow me on social media and find me that way. Um, and we will catch you next time, people, for episode number 96. Yes, ladies and men, Jay. See you guys. Wedding photographers. Unite.